Hi, and welcome to Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast, highlighting artists, teachers, authors, and philanthropists of the regenerative movement, people who are committed to planetary purpose. My name is Julian Guderlei, and in today's episode, I'm hosting an interview with Simon File, a transformational coach, self-made entrepreneur, regenerative and visionary leader, and also the founder of Verity Foundation Intergenerational Learning Platform. And so with these words, welcome, Simon. Thanks for having me, man. This is a honor to be here. Yeah, I'm stoked to talk about intergenerational learning and learning in general. Lifelong learning is like one of the core commitments in in this life this life of mastery that that we're that we're sharing so tell us about um yourself maybe a little bit more in verity foundation i'm all ears yeah. yeah thanks man well first of all yeah like you said um i'm doing men's coaching and right now i'm working with um, construction contractors which is a it's a very interesting niche to work with that's my i have about 18 years experience in that industry and really just working with guys to help them grow them grow themselves so they can grow their business and where i come from um yeah man it's been exciting exciting journey yeah the last year doing men's coaching and stepping more and more into men's work and uh my heart's been just really pulling me since my grandfather died actually two years ago to work with seniors and elders in our community and that's what pulled me into creating or co-founding the Very Foundation, which is a, a non-for-profit organization that's committed to creating a multi-generational community of men and a multi-generational conversation so that we can all learn from each other and share wisdom um, across all ages really excited to be working on that and we can dive more into that powerful yeah so simply because we're recording this conversation uh at the end of march i think we're in, in times right now a lot of people are sitting in in isolation or, or self-isolation in 2020 um that we know things are changing things are changing on the power levels the 3d levels but also like in our internal worlds people are either forced or not you know we're here to spend more time looking looking in and understanding what's going on in this world and um that could also go for the state of the world right like I, you know i talk a lot about regenerative um change and sustainable you know evolution when it comes to learning and learning from all the generations that's kind of the bridge i want to span into these this current zeitgeist kind of coronavirus times um it seems to me that we as a society have a hard time learning from our past mistakes. And so when you were in this moment with your grandfather, um, two, just two years ago, or, um, you know, what, what, what's really like, what really transpired there for you that you understood on a deeper level, learning from our past generations, learning from our ancestors, like literally is, potent and powerful and actually part of the foundation of a healthy society. Mm, yeah, man. Um, well, it was a really powerful experience I, I had with him. His name was Andy and uh, me and my partner Chanel actually got to sit with him pretty close to um, the time that he left us. And I asked him all these meaningful questions. I was asking him, you know, what his biggest regret was as a man. He passed away in his early 90s um so he lived a you know 
a very long life, um, had a tons of different experiences. So, so it was really interesting to hear him say what he regretted the most. And um, I asked him for advice, what advice he would give me as a man, you know, of my age trying to start a family. And after 94 years of life, the most important lesson that he gave me was to have fun. So out of everything that he experienced, you know, World War II, growing up on farms, moving his family, like going through times of, of massive change. The one thing that he said was like, don't stop having fun. You know, and that, what that taught me was like, wow, like we're so serious, you know, we're so serious as humanity. And, and that's not just it though. It's like, how can we have fun with all the things that we're working on, you know? And what I learned from him was, man, I'm, I'm here on my own, you know, before this conversation, before I dived into this work, I'm here in my thirties working, thinking that I know everything that I need to know, you know, like there's this, this mindset that we have, I believe in our generation that we got it figured out and we have the answers and we're kind of pushing our youth to one end of the spectrum and we're pushing our elders and our senior seniors to the other side of the spectrum being like going to home. We got this figured out and we're, we're really creating the same problems or living in, this, in, a, in a similar world and we're not learning. So because we're not having the conversations. So that's what really stood out to me. It was like, wow, how many men my age are missing the opportunity of having these conversations with their elders before they pass, their fathers, their grandfathers? Um, and how many men in that generation are missing out on the opportunity of sharing their wisdom and their story? You know, and we need that. Yeah, that's a very powerful inquiry that that, that encounter sends you into. I, I think I think you're right. I mean, I, I had the chance to sit down with my grandmother and my, my grandpa uh, just recently. Um, I got inspired to record a short interview with them as well. And, and it took 45, 50 minutes, which is barely even enough to scratch the surface. But I could tell that doing that and they're in their 80s now changed uh, our, our relationship for the better, but also, you know, like it, it simply brought up like a lot of this generational difference because for me, taking my cell phone and recording a video on it is one of the most simple, um, you know, normal things. And for them, it's literally just not the world they grew up in. And so we had a, the ability to form a deep connection in the process of filming this interview, but not necessarily even what was shared in the interview. <laughs> because it was just some stories and anecdotes that maybe I've even already heard being their, their, their grandchild. That's fascinating, Simon. What, what is the drive behind it that makes you or like go for it though and, and you know, create those learning curriculums that, that you guys are doing at Verity? Yeah, I, I think that coming out of that experience with my grandfather, uh, it just led me into being like, wow, how can I bridge this gap? Because there's a, there's a lot of a wealth of information out there and there's indigenous cultures around the world that have been sharing wisdom cross-generationally for forever, you know? So there's, there's examples of it out there that we're not embodying. So the drive was really wanting to connect with more, um, with a wide age group of men. And, and personally, I want to be, I want to have friends that are, 15, 20, 40, 50, 80, 90, you know, I want, I really want that in my life. And this is a, this is a way for me to create that 
but also to create that for all the other um, generations of men out there. So yeah, I think the drive is just like, I'm really seeing the need for that in our community. We've, you know, in the past hundred plus years, we've experienced some major situations like we are today. You know, we've, as humanity, we've gone through world wars, we've gone through depression, we've gone through the Spanish flu. And we're acting as though, I, I believe we're acting as though this is something new as the coronavirus comes up. And I don't want to dive too much into the, my beliefs on the coronavirus, but yeah. I think that more that we create that conversation and, and have the ability to connect with our elders that have experienced life in situations that, are, that have a uh, silical nature, we, yeah. we can learn, you know, we don't, we can actually speed up our evolution. Yeah, very true. Um, on that note, if you were to pick something, something else that's in addition to, you know, learning from our past mistakes, like what do you, what do you reckon this world that we're in kind of needs the most at the moment? Hmm. Man, I, first thing that comes up is just connection with each other and with our environment, you know, and I, and I think to keep bringing it back to this work, because that's when we've interviewed men in their 80s and 90s, and we've interviewed men in their 40s and 30s, and boys and men in their 20s and teens, like uh, social isolation is a real thing in their normal days, you know, not having a tight community they feel that they can trust and open up to. That's something that's across the board that we're all doing. And yeah, it gets me to like my whole like being is it reacts to it because it's very true. Like, especially in times of isolation now, a self-imposed isolation to not spread a virus. And this meme is going around the internet and I, I certainly even shared it. It's like, I didn't know my lifestyle was uh, called quarantine, right? And it's, it's interesting because like, I, yeah, I think it's become normal that hundreds of thousands, millions of people are basically isolated in their apartments most of the day looking into the screen. And um, social connection is a huge factor for uh, living out our, our people power, you know, living out the dreams of, and the visions of the earth. Yeah. Right. And the, you know, the reason why I'm focusing on men's work when a lot of the issues I'm talking about, you know, are um, across genders as well, is because men haven't had the support that we need in terms of being able to share and, um, and talk about our problems because we've been conditioned to believe that it's not strong to not know. So where this comes up for me is, is that we're living life thinking that the problems that we're experiencing are unique to us and therefore we don't want to share them or talk about them because it makes us less than when, when in reality, we're all experiencing the same, you know, similar issues. Yeah. Once we talk about it and we can relate the, the weight falls off our shoulders because we're not in this alone. So that's where the connection piece really lands for me. It's like we can connect on a heart based level and feel um, trust in our communities and, and connect to ourselves and be able to share, I think we can really grow and heal. Yeah, beautiful. I wanna know more about trust in that, in that context to connection. Mm. So 
I've asked over a hundred people at this point what it takes for them to trust and what it is required for trust. Uh, today, I mean, you can share that too, but I, I would really like to understand about what role trust plays when you go and sit down with an elder or have like a, an interview with someone from an older generation. Like how, how does this trust play out? If you can take us into that scenario, maybe that would be, that would be fascinating. Yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting because every age group has different as a different perspective so to to walk into an interview with a senior for instance we're going at it you know from a perspective of we want to learn from you you know and to build that trust of um you know what i think that the trust is is a choice for us like i i, I really want to trust humanity and and the goodness that we have inherently in us. And I think that that's a choice. But beyond that, when we go and speak to an elder, the, the bridge there is really coming at it with curiosity, I think. Really approaching the situation with like, hey, everyone, all of us have like an amazing story, an amazing gift to offer. And we, you matter, you have something, you have information and a story that matters. And we would love to hear it. And that's, that's kind of our, our context, our intention that we bring to the interviews is, you know, you're, you have something just like everybody else that needs to be shared and that we can all learn from. Um, and we just try to like nurture that, nurture the curiosity within us um, because we're truly going at this to, to try to learn. Like I'm, I'm authentically really trying to learn from from this experience. Totally. And I mean, this is one of the, the more interesting notes on, on the coaching industry or that being, you know, being a transformational coach um, myself and offering that is, is this, this steady desire to learn, um, to be exposed to different programs or making our own life more conscious because a lot of the things we do when we are, you know, in our social uh, normative is, is, not necessarily a program of learning or growth. And so once you have that perspective or mindset, as, as you just said, like you can go into a conversation with someone from another generation and really realize, wow, I'm, I'm here as a learner today. And so my horizon starts broadening. Exactly. Yeah. And our goal is to have as many interviews um, as we can, right. To collect as much data and create a dynamic conversation between generations. And we never know what we're going to get, you know, we can't impose, we can't come show up with expectations because again, everybody has a unique perspective and situation. And some people are closed, some people are open. And all we can do is just approach it from um, a place that we know is curious and loving and compassionate and, and see what comes up. Because it's all feedback. Mm -hmm. It's all feedback. It's all like a stream of information. So... Um, we'll definitely link out in the show notes where people can find um, all the first steps of, of the foundation and like the website, et cetera. A question to you in terms of, you know, like I know you've also taken a lot of um, personal development. Um, yeah. Just support in that sense, right? Like what's one of your favorite programs or coachings you went through that you'd, you'd love to just shout out some love to. Oh man, I definitely want to, give some sh a shout out to Preston Smiles and Alexi um, for the bridge experience. Yeah, Alexi Panos and Preston Smiles. 
Yeah, Preston. Preston was on this show before. He's he's yeah. definitely one of the lights in that in that whole scene of people that don't just believe the coaching place is a, a place for business, but it's a fundamental bridge between you know the, like self isolation and a connected society. And 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 so with that, all the power that comes with a collective connected collective society. Yeah. What what is it in that program specifically? Other than those two people are obviously epic, but like, what did you what did you take away or learn? Where you're like, man. I'm so glad that was like brought to me in a, in a, in a, you know, synthesis. Yeah. I mean, funny enough, I'm getting like goosebumps going back there um, into that space. It's just, they, they facilitate such a powerful container. Um, And also it's all about self empowerment. Like their biggest teaching, at least from my perspective was, was you have everything you need get messy and start doing it. And that was the biggest, like, like quit waiting for waiting, you know, quit being ready, getting ready to get ready. You know, you'll hear Preston say, and that's like, that was just a, like a huge smack in my face. Cause I was the same thing, you know, like I'm going to do a live next week, you know, and then procrastinate and I'm going to do this. Like I had all these stretches lined up, but they were always kind of going into the future and into someday land. And, and they really brought me home to be like, now's the time, you know, act and get messy. So that's been like a, a mantra for me to, you know, and it's still a challenge to try to share and be, be willing to be messy and be willing to be seen without my, um, without a performance. Right. The mask of performance, right? Like we talk a lot about wearing masks in society and like how maybe that has become normal, but the mask of perfection or like this illusion of like, as long as I upkeep this version of me that you're seeing, uh, everyone will be in agreement or I will not be, you know, available to, to be criticized. But, but really, like, get messy means start things now, try them out, and, and yeah. be real time, right? Exactly. And become the master of the masks. Because what they say is, especially around the mask topic, is most of us, uh, the masks own us. When we start wearing a mask, you know, we put it on for whatever reason maybe in our childhood or as we develop, we have a mask that somewhat protects us. It's our identity and it ends up owning us. And the work is to wear many different masks, but we're the ones that are in control of it. We own the masks. So that's, that's the practice. So that's the biggest um, lesson I took out of their work for sure. Cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm always curious to, to learn about different programs and different, different things people have already gone through right so on that idea of like you know becoming maybe the master of masks so that we we don't fall victim to them or, or like taking the metaphor out like if if we i want to ask you simon if we were to create an education system in which people don't need to be unconditioned afterwards or maybe even um that that phenomenon of wearing masks to try to cover things up becomes less and less prevalent like what would you do to create an education system like that? Like either single-handedly or with a team of experts, like what do you think isn't part of the education system at large that really belongs there? Ooh, again, the first thing that comes up is uh, acceptance. You know, I think that a lot of, uh, at least what I learned through school was having to put on a mask to avoid um, humiliation or, um, or to be accepted, right? I, I, I believe that humans, 
just want to be a part of. We just want to be included, you know, and that's where our masks come in is, um, oh, that's not accepted. So put, you know, this is what a mask looks on, looks like. So we all learn from the bully situation and the, the, um, like the singling out kind of situations in school. And I think that we take that on to now, like, whereas you walk down the streets and most of the people are like fitting in. And then if you see someone like dancing and being wild and having a blast, it's like, they're different. You know, our immediate judgment is like, I don't know whether to accept that or not. When truly we all want to be dancing and having fun and being free, but it's like the majority is not, um, not doing that. So like we're constantly challenged with the, do I fit in here or is it okay to fit out? Fitting out, you know, in that sense can be both a good thing, but also like sometimes a challenging thing. I mean, in our society right now, we also still have this ongoing topic of, um, you know, mental health threats and like overcompensation or ADHD, too much energy, etc. So, so it's also, I think what's really clear from what you're saying, Simon, is that this whole idea of fitting in or fitting out is, is, is kind of limiting in the first place, no? you know, to, to make people believe um, there's one specific way to be. Yeah. And that's single handedly. That's what I would approach is uh, just wide range acceptance. I would create, you know, in the bridge experience as an example, um, everybody's unique personality is um, accepted and promoted and celebrated. And I think if we just started that at a young age where we had exercises where kids got to play and act in different, you know, different ways that they wanted to, and we weren't teaching what's right and what's wrong and, you know, shush, you have too much energy. You have ADHD, you have this, like we're just labeling and labeling and labeling versus like, you know, the more labels we add, of course that creates, you know, people fitting in or not. So and once we start creating labels, it's almost like, you know, with the human diversity, truly it's hard not to find more labels because it will just keep going forever. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great, that's a, that's a great answer. I, I love that. Um, more acceptance for the brilliance and uniqueness that is being displayed by humanity, right? Like empowering and encouraging all individuals. And I mean, to follow, follow that note, like in terms of the, the work that I'm doing and, and men's work and the intergenerational sort of um, dynamic is how are we bringing lessons from older generations into those, um, into our education. So for instance, um, you know, obviously we're being taught by people that are older and, but are we getting how much like personal experience is being shared? How much elder experience is being shared again, you know, and, and I don't want to make this as a lineal conversation. It's not a down, you know, downward spiral. It's, it's a, it's a spiraling conversation where the youth and the children have an intrinsic wisdom that needs to be shared with our generation so that we can pave the way for them, you know, and with our elders, because like, I also have something to say to my grandpa. I have advice for him before he passes away. I have advice for youth that are stepping into this world and, and they have advice for me. So I think really creating the 
circular conversation where it's not like, hey, sit down, we have something to teach you. It's like, participate. We all have something to teach and all have something to learn. Yeah, beautifully put, brother. Thank you so much, Simon, for, for some of those insights. I have, I have um, two more questions for you. One very, um, I mean, you can make it however pragmatic you want to, but my question is like three things or circumstances in your life that you're so grateful for that you wouldn't want to miss them. Well, right off the top, again, I'll go with uh, being with my grandpa on his deathbed and having that experience because it's definitely helped me pivot. And I've, as I'm doing more and more of this work, I'm realizing like things in my life totally align for me to be in the situation. Like that's how it feels. Um, another one, I would say my father leaving me at a young age and leaving my family. Um, that set my path you know, into a kind of a crazy spiral at first, but it really taught me a lot. Like I learned a lot from him as a young boy that I cherish now, but I also learned a lot from his actions of, um, his actions of what he wasn't doing, of what I want to bring into my life and for my family, which is taking responsibility um, and showing up with integrity and honesty. So I've learned a lot from him in that. And I don't think I would have if, my experience was different. Um, whew, third, I'm gonna say quitting drinking really stood out for me. Cause like I said, I was kind of spiraling in my youth and, and in my twenties. And it got to the point where I think, you know, it was almost life or death, whether or not I was gonna admit it at the time. Looking back, it definitely was. And I chose life. And I, I feel like that set me in a different path to exploring my spirituality, opening up, taking off masks and traveling the world and, and really getting curious about life. Beautiful, man. Thanks for, thanks for sharing them as like three situations or circumstances that you wouldn't want to miss or that you're, you know, you ultimately... I uh, found a, a, a way to integrate and appreciate them. Um, from that curiosity for life that you just expressed, like what's your vision for this planet? Like what do you think is, is reasonably, unreasonably possible for our spaceship Earth to, like what are we here to, here to do if, you know, if not to love each other and build connection as you said, so, so what do you see possible? Wow. Are you asking what our purpose is as humanity or like what we're capable of? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I only want right answers, of course. Not yeah. Yeah. no uh, joke aside. I'm asking you, you know this. I've been asking this question for for years now, and for you know a lot of people. The question is, what's your Earth vision? Like, what's your dream for the Earth? It can be however utopian or realistic as your own judgment uh, allows in this moment. Mm. Well, you know what. My, I'd say my perspective's changed with the recent situation in a way that I can see how quickly we can mobilize. I think I had tainted, a tainted view of our reaction time before this and seeing how fast we can respond as humanity and make change happen. I have like a new uh, wind of optimism. Isn't that a funny takeaway already? Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I know. So... I really believe that 
we're totally capable of, of living in a new sustainable world where we're living in, you know, regenerative um, systems, regenerative um, communities, meaning we're not dumping waste in the ocean. We're not creating garbage that's, we're not creating garbage that's, you know, single use. I think that we really could act on that quite quickly. I also really see us coming together, maybe out of need, but I really see us coming together as a, a global community and, and not and really stepping out of this labels like we were talking about. And labels, labels are, are really like how we control society right now, I see, you know, whether it's race, gender, class, like you name it, we have an other, you know? And I really see those boundaries falling off. And like, that would be my dream world is like, you're just another human in a human experience. What, again, bringing it back to what do I have to learn from you, vice versa. And let's be more creative. Like, let's bring back that childlike energy of what's that? What's that? What's that? What's that? You know, I, that's what I, I really feel when I, when I close my eyes and like, check in with what I dream of this world to be is, is, yeah, it's happy and connected. I think that we're always going to go through different, you know, seasons, just like the earth does. And I think if we're doing it together, then we will weather the storm and weather the seasons uh, with grace. Yeah. Maybe be the grace note of this evolutionary moment as humans. I, I thank you so much for, your time and your answers, they definitely um, let them integrate and, and do their effect on you. And uh, yeah, let's hear more about the very foundation as you're growing it over time into learning programs and, um, you know, just this intergenerational exchange that I, I too believe is essential in the foundation for, for who we are. Thank you, man. Yeah. Appreciate you and all you're doing and, and for having me on the show. Stay tuned for our first program on the Verity Foundation is called The Timeless Talks. That's the, the program where we're interviewing men and boys of all ages and documenting and cataloging those interviews so that we can create an intergenerational conversation. Check it out. that's that another episode of green planet blue planet podcast i hope you truly enjoyed this one and received some insights knowledge and a form of learning that you can directly apply to your life into your relationships or maybe even into your business and the way you show up for the world because this is a movement and we're all part of it and we're in this together we're here to create a world of a triple bottom line where you win i win and the entire planet wins we're raising consciousness together, and you know that. That's why you're listening. That's why I love you. So make sure to share the love. Hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Invite a friend to listen to a Green Planet, Blue Planet podcast. And if you have an idea who else you'd like me to interview, make sure you reach out and send me a suggestion. Definitely check out greenplanet-blueplanet.com, the website to the podcast. I've created a lot of different offers for you, free content, free meditations for you to amplify your connection to self, the state of social impact in the world, and for you to connect and listen to who you could support of the people that I actually interview because their missions are ongoing and a lot of them need more collaboration.
And after more than 100 episodes now, with some of the world's leading social impact experts, I have synthesized my most inspired learnings and takeaways to create coaching and mentorship programs for you and the people around you. Let me share with you about planetary purpose coaching and mentorship experiences. If you're in a space in your life where you're ready to level up to amplify who you are, what's coming through you and what you're doing to give your gift to the world, then I would love to hear from you and I'd love for you to apply to one of my private mentorships or group mentorships. Last but not least, there's a few different group experiences I host both in person and online. All of them are quantum learning environments and I'm happy to tell you more. So simply inform yourself and stay connected because whatever resonates with you, I'm here to support you and bring out more purpose into the world. And with that being said, wherever you are in the world, make sure to be you, show up all the way, be all in, connect with someone today, make them smile, have yourself a stellar day. Lots of love to you and until soon. 